If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week it's all about you in our monthly listener special episode. Well, let's kick off with some trivia. Do you think that this is fact or fiction? The ghost of the Flying Dutchman is said to appear around the Cape of Good Hope during storms. But is it fact or fiction that the captain is said to walk on land every seven years? So does the captain walk on land every seven years? Find out the answer later in the show. Every month, we like to dedicate a whole episode to your evidence, questions and stories. These have come in on our WhatsApp, email and socials, and you can find out how to get in touch yourself at the end of the show. We recently caught up with Shia Samuels, and as well as being an investigator herself, she's also the host of the podcast Things Are About To Get Weird and shares her paranormal experience with us. I'm delighted today to be joined by Chaiaz Samuel. Now, she's the host of her very own podcast, Things Are About To Get Weird. That's what it's called. I'm not just saying that. So if you haven't checked that podcast out, do so. It's called Things Are About To Get Weird. She's a fellow Sambachonian, which always makes me happy. Uh, welcome to the show, Chaiaz. It's wonderful to, to have you on here. And you're only around the corner from where I am now. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm such a fan of the podcast. So yeah, it's really, really great to be here. So when did your fascination with the paranormal begin or the supernatural as it may be? And just tell us a little bit about your podcast and sort of what made you get into it. Absolutely. So I've been fascinated with all things spooky or strange and weird since I was a kid. I remember vividly when you got given pocket money as a child, I would save it up and I'd go and buy strange but true storybooks and I would read them over and over again and memorize all these tales and I'd love to tell them to other people, my friends at school. 
And then I never lost that fascination. It really followed me into adulthood. And the, the renewed interest in true crime happened in the last few years. Yeah. And people started to talk about these strange stories in a little bit more of an open way. And I thought, you know what? I've always thought of doing a true crime podcast myself, but I want it to be wider than that. I want it to be not only the strangest true crime stories you've heard of, but also other paranormal stories, supernatural stories, unsolved mysteries, unexplained phenomena. And I thought things are about to get weird encapsulates all of that so I can mix things up from episode to episode. And it's been incredible, the reaction of of people who also really enjoy to hear these stories. Because I think if you say to someone, do you want to hear something weird? I think most people would say yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and I bet I'm you're, really I bet, yeah. And I bet you're, um, you know, invited to dinner parties quite a lot because you'll have lots of interesting things to say. You're not one of these boring people that you end up getting sat next to at a wedding or someone. You'll be, you'll be like, oh, She's so fascinating. I love sitting next to her. You know, I never get sat next to Vickers. I don't know what that's about. Um, but <laughs> so tell us, can you give us an example of, of one of these stories? Because what you've done there is incredibly clever, if you don't mind me saying so. Um, Thank it's, you. It's that, you know, you, you've hit it right in the sweet spot. People are fascinated with crime, aren't they? Unsolved murders. I mean, it's everywhere. People love it. And I found myself recently watching something on Netflix called, what was it? Um, Missing Persons, Dead or Alive. And I'm absolutely glued to it thinking, are they dead? Are they missing? What's going on? You know, and the police and what they have to go through. And then, of course, you're mixing the strangeness and the paranormal with it, like you said. So, What's your favourite sort of case that you, you've sort of delved into quite recently that, that sort of struck a chord with you? I would say the one that's really stuck with me and it, it haunts me to this day is the case of the Angel of the Meadow, which was um, it's an unsolved murder that took place in Manchester city centre. And I actually used to live in Manchester and it was just around the corner from where my flat was, but it had happened 20, 30 years earlier. And it's unexplained to this day. And when they were building the new co-op building that's that's now been up for a few years, they were digging the ground and getting everything ready. And they found the remains of this poor lady who had very clearly been murdered. And there were some really odd items found with her remains that were very distinguished. So it was, it was um, you know, this very specifically designed apron and, and all of these other items that really should have been things that would link someone to be able to think, do you know what? I knew someone who went missing. They always used to wear this item of clothing or they had, you know, this item and they it was a known belonging of theirs. But to this day, there's been no progress in identifying this woman and they have her remains they they have her dna and you know with all of the technology that we have now with online dna profiling and you know the genetic genealogy sharing that happens all around the world i feel like there should be some answers and there isn't and it just is so strange it's really it's really creepy and it's really sad 
oh god that sounds awful i wonder you know it's, i've i've often heard of where they use mediums in um police inquiries and so on um and funny enough i'm i'm watching um a, a series an itv series called grace um i don't know if anybody's watched that but actually he's the a, the detective in charge this uh, grace character and he actually uses a medium to help him try and find you know these dead bodies or you know the murderer and so on and i know that people actually do use those the police have used them they don't like to admit it do they but it's something like mm. that case you just you know to take somebody there that that is a true psychic that can actually look at this woman and the and where they found her and actually piece together perhaps give some clues or you know be fascinating to find out wouldn't it Gosh, it really would. And there's actually, she does have a gravestone in the Southern Cemetery in Manchester and it just says Angel of the Meadow. So there's that very tangible resting place that she has as well that that a psychic could definitely visit and see what they pick up on. I think it would be, you know, at at this point, I think it would be, you know, a very wise thing to do. It would would be some sort of lead because it feels like nothing else is happening. So... Yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. I really would. And I wonder, you know, like I say, the police, they do use them, but I wonder how much they can rely on them. I know they can't, it's not, you know, you can't use it in court or anything like that. But it, why not? You know, if, if these people are proven to be true and right and giving good information, why shouldn't they be using them? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's making me think, it's been an idea in my head for a while to look into a few cases and do a special episode about cases that have been solved as a result of this. Because yes, do there, it. there definitely are cases. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the more that it's talked about, maybe, maybe it's the kind of thing that, that would be used again and and produce a result and that ultimately in true crime cases that's that's the ultimate goal the, the cases need to be solved unsolved mysteries are just an unsolved true crime cases are the most infuriating things and yeah any tools that can be used to try and you know bring them to a conclusion have, have got to be looked at definitely i think that's something you should do on your podcast <laughs> i think it's a great plan i think you, need to, that one you, that. you need to do that <laughs> so um you talked about you know your your um, you know, your favourite sort of case at the moment that you've been looking into. So what's your favourite topic within the supernatural world? Is it werewolves? Is it, you know, the supernatural beasts? Is it uh, cryptozoology? Is it ghosts? Is it fairies? What What, what is it? UFOs? So for me, it's definitely ghosts. So I've had my own experiences and I'm definitely, I'm a full believer in the paranormal, you know, and the supernatural. And, uh, you know, my mind is very open. And I did a special episode. It was episode 10 of my podcast um, where I told my own supernatural paranormal experiences. And I didn't know how people were going to react with the, with the podcast being a mixture of everything, but it was really fascinating. And I think, um, you know, people have, have heard my stories and they say, you know, whether they're a believer or not, they still find them very compelling, which is, mm. is great. Um, and I think the more people's minds are open, the better. So it's, it's definitely ghosts and especially the history around ghosts. I just find that the links with the past, the most fascinating thing. So you say you, you told your stories, you know, tell us, tell us one of them, you know, your own personal experiences with, the, with, with spirits. Here is the first ever experience I had. So in the year 2000, I moved to a really tiny village in Lincolnshire called Upton. And it was only for a couple of years, but it was, it was when I was sort of nine, 10, 11. So they're quite like formative years when you're a kid. 
And this village has really ancient origins. So the church in the village was originally built in the 11th century and rebuilt in the 13th century. And it's also close to a place called Sturgate Airfield, which is a former RAF station. And it was used by the United States Air Force. So there's a lot of history, um, you know, both the ancient history, the military history. And when we first moved there, we'd hear stories about spirits linked to this this airfield and the military personnel who may have lost their lives, who were either stationed there or, you know, had had passed away whilst they were there or had been fighting in World War II. And there was always stories about this base. And we'd so I think my sister and I had we'd got this in our minds already, but we'd never had any particular experiences ourselves until one night, I think I must have been about 10. And I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep. And the way that my bed was positioned in my bedroom, I had a full length mirror that was sort of at an angle. And through the mirror, I could see out onto our landing. And I was trying to go to sleep one night. And I looked in that mirror. And it was so vivid. I saw a white figure move towards the end of the corridor and it was only a few seconds, but it was so vivid. I could, I, when I close my eyes, I can see it now. And I was, I was really scared. It, it, it was, it was so clear to me what I just experienced, but I didn't know how to deal with it. And I sort of lay there. I didn't know what to do. I must have eventually fallen asleep though, because the next morning, I told my mom about what I'd seen, and her reaction was really strange. It it wasn't shock. It was more that she just tried to brush it off very quickly, which is quite unusual because my mom's like a very um, energetic person. And normally, if I'd said something like that, she would have been like, "Tell me more. What do you mean?" Mm. And she would have asked loads of questions, but she didn't. And then I just kept it to myself because I thought, well, I didn't really get much of a reaction. I don't really know what to do with this information, so. I just kept it to myself. And then, Yvette, you actually become a key part of the second half of this story Ooh. because around 2003, I would move back to Cheshire with my family and I was sitting with my extended family um, in our new house and we were talking about Most Haunted and we were all saying, you know, there's this, this new program, it's so amazing. We we're all like getting really excited talking about it. And after we'd discuss the, the the show itself I pipe up and I say to my mom do you remember a few years ago when I saw that ghost I told you about it do you remember and everyone went quite quiet and my mom said well I guess you know we're out of that house now I can tell you the rest of the story you were not the only one to see that exact same spirit and as it turns out, my stepdad, who is a very skeptical person, he's he's not the kind of person who would ever just openly talk about seeing a spirit, but he saw the same figure that I did sweeping along the half landing. My uncle, who was in the room with us, then admits that he also saw it at the same end of the corridor that I had. But none of us had told each other. We'd only told my mum and she'd kept it to herself. So it was just, it was mind blowing that that, I vividly remember where we were all sitting in this room having this conversation. <laughs> and then to add to this as well, 
My sister had also had a strange experience um, along the corridor. There was a bathroom. She would get up in the night, walk into the bathroom with windows closed, but the big pendulum light switch would be swinging. My mum and my grandma both had really odd experiences in that house and in the garden where they would feel these huge forces of energy fly at them and jolt them backwards. Mm. And there was just a lot of activity in that house. And it was very near to the fields, which were near to the airfield and whatever the spirit was it was not just me who saw it or felt it so yeah it was it was really it was quite reassuring to know I wasn't the only one who saw it and since then I was just I was a full believer. Oh isn't it funny your mum doing that to protect you you know she didn't want to scare you but what did the figure look like can you try and describe it was it a man did you see legs or was it a skirt what was it I think it was a skirt I think it was a woman and I think my stepdad also said he thought it was a woman it was it was a white figure at the time I think I thought I thought it was a a wedding dress or something Mm. you know a long white dress Um, but it was definitely feminine whether I could tell from the shape or the energy it was definitely a, a female figure. How fascinating. And and of course, you've never really, you know, you've moved away, everybody moves on, really. I suppose you just put it down to having an experience. It would, it, I mean, I don't suppose you looked into the history and found out who possibly could have lived there or why she's haunting. We tried to. It was it was very tricky because a lot of the records of the village are directly related to the the military side, mm. and it was very hard to find anything about a female figure or anything specifically on that land. Um, but I've asked I've asked my stepdad about it multiple times because he was um, he'd lived in that village longer than us, and um, he just you know what everyone would say in the village was the, there's all sorts of things there's there's um in the fields near to our house there we had neighbors who said they'd seen figures in the fields and whether it was the same woman i, I i'm not 100% sure but there was a lot of activity around there so i i wish i could find out more about her story but i i fear it's been lost to history um but if i ever am able to find out I would be fascinated to know. Oh, and you must let me know. I'm fascinated now. I, I, want, to, I want to find the house and go in there and have a, have a <laughs> chat and find out find out who she is. So what's your ultimate goal then? Here you are doing this wonderful podcast. I'll just mention it again. Things are about to get weird. Um, what would you like to do in the podcast, i.e., you know, what's your, what's would be your ultimate? Like, I've got places that I want to go and investigate, some of the most amazing places around the world. Are you the same? Do you have certain stories or cases that you'd love to get your teeth into? Oh, definitely. I think going and doing um, recordings out, you know, in the world Mm. at these places would be amazing because so far I've kind of done things the other way around. So there's been a few um, cases I've covered where I've since gone and visited them because they were too intriguing to just leave in the research document. I had to Mm. go and actually see them. For example, the Overton Bridge in Scotland um, that was known as the Dog Suicide Bridge where certain dogs have been known to leap from the bridge. And they say that it might be a thin place or, you know, it's a it's a very spiritual place and and some people do get this this awful feeling there and uh, i went and visited it last december and i actually i didn't get a bad feeling at all but my husband who is the far more skeptical one of the two of us said it felt so grim so 
he picked up on it more than I interesting, did. Interesting, yeah. You know, very interesting. Well, I'm excited for you and I should be keeping an eye and out and, and uh, you know, I've got everything crossed for you because I think you deserve nothing but success with it. I really, really do because, like I say, you've hit the sweet spot there. It's a fascinating, fascinating subject, plenty of cases, lots to get your teeth into. So um, good luck with that and hopefully I'll see you in Sandbach. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. That that means the world, honestly. I mean, you, you are the spooky queen. You are our inspiration. So honestly, coming from you, that's about the highest praise I could oh, ever want. So, so thank sweet. you so much. Oh, oh, we're hugging each other now. We're hugging each other. Oh, we are. Oh, we wonderful. Are. So Chayas, thank you so much. Chayas Samuel, again, things are about to get weird is her podcast. She's fabulous. Wonderful cases. Lots and lots of things uh, to get your teeth into, as I said. Uh, good luck with it. And thank you, sweetheart. And hopefully we'll speak to you again. Thank you. Hopefully see you soon. Baffled, the fact podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. More people in the world have mobile phones than toilets. Since most people are right-handed, in World War II, the Germans trained their army to eat with their left hand so they could spot spies in the cafeteria. A woodpecker's tongue actually wraps all the way around its brain, protecting it from damage when it's hammering into a tree. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, our listener Julia got in touch regarding a UFO that she witnessed. 
She writes, Hi Yvette, until a few months ago, I had never seen a UFO. I'd always believed the accounts of reliable witnesses like the military, but doubted anyone that apparently saw one after leaving the pub. Lol. On Tuesday, February the 11th this year, approximately 4pm on our way back from Isgarth Falls, heading back to Scarborough, I saw a fighter jet and then another, or possibly the same one, turned around quickly, so was looking up into the sky. It was then that I noticed a bright light object shaped like a big minstrel, standard UFO elliptical shape. It was cloudy, but this was bright like the sun. It didn't move, and I was watching it for around 20 seconds before we lost sight of it. As we were on a busy road, we couldn't pull over for a better look, and this was near RAF Leeming. As soon as I got home, I went online to see if I could find anyone else who'd seen it, but as yet, nothing. I did manage to find a photo online of one that was spotted in America that is exactly the same as the one that I'd seen. Loving the podcast, Juliet from Scarborough. So I've got the image in front of me, and I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, I think this is fantastic, Julia. Thank you so much for for emailing in. And you lucky thing. Um, It seems um, that we are seeing more and more of these UFOs in the sky, aren't we? It's obvious to me that what you saw was indeed an unidentified flying object, or UAPs as we're now calling them. The fact that you witnessed a military plane in the vicinity as well leads me to think that something not from this earth had entered our atmosphere. So as I said, I've got the picture of front of me um it does look like the classic it's it's a sort of uh, a minstrel shaped sort of i suppose a rugby ball shaped um object in the sky and it's glowing um the same glow as the sun i suppose um it's interesting it could be a balloon because we've had an awful lot of those haven't we um but then who knows It's very fascinating. Have a look and tell me what you think. And that picture will be on our socials. Uh, Thank you so much, Julia, for sending that in. Now let's hear from Rosie from Destination Paranormal. She writes, Hi there, it's Rosie from Destination Paranormal team. You played my voice note about the beast of Box Hill a while back. We went back to Box Hill a couple of weeks ago and although we didn't see evidence of the beast, my daughter Melissa did capture an EVP in the old fort and we thought you may be interested in hearing it. As a paranormal family, we've captured some really great EVPs over the last couple of years and we love your podcast. Best wishes, Rosie. Thanks, Rosie. Now, you can definitely hear what sounds to me like a woman or girl's voice. Now, I'm not sure she says um, the word mom. Not sure. What do you think? Uh, Please let me know. As you know, I love to hear your thoughts. Now, let's get into our chat with Alex Shankland. And they've been investigating since 2009 and share some of their paranormal experiences and findings with us. Now, I'm very happy um, to introduce to you a lovely lady called Alex Shankland, who is a paranormal investigator, and she's been investigating the world of the paranormal since 2009. She goes out alone 
crazy lady and <laughs> as well. Welcome to the show, Alex. Are you insane going off to haunted locations on your very own? I think you must be. Oh, hello, Vets. So good to be on here. Yes, thank you. So yeah, been with the group since 2009. Our group is called Ganon, so that's G-H-A-N-O-N. You can find us on most handles, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, but yeah, more recently, um, I think because a few cases have kind of like dropped off, I've been um, jumping on a few other things myself, investing a few other bits of kit, and yet yeah, gone it alone for a few places. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're based in Liverpool, is that right? Yeah. So the main base of the group is um, on the Wirral, but we cover Wirral, North Wales, Merseyside, and Cheshire, most, yeah. like, mostly. What are your favourite places in Liverpool to to investigate? Because I love Liverpool. It's one of my favourite places. Yeah, so Liverpool itself, um, very recently, literally within the last month, I've just covered two places, and that was um, Lark Lane Police Station on Lark yeah. Lane itself, used to be the old police station, now community centre, um, and also Lowlands Mansion. Oh, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, and Lowlands Mansion, obviously, notoriously used to be one of the recording studios for the Beatles before they were become the Beatles, so got quite a lot of history, and again... Yeah, it was... The Beatles rehearsed there, or they, they, they correct, performed yeah. there, didn't they? More, more so George Harrison. Um, yeah. And, um, but it wasn't a recording studio, not that I'm aware of. It was just... Where, a rehearsal space. Yeah, it's a rehearsal space underneath, and they're sort of like... That's right, yeah. Yeah, but that's so frustrating because the, the gentleman who runs it won't let anybody go into the... Unless you were lucky no, enough. No, I know. <laughs> so annoying. Wait, no, wait, we didn't get to go there. I'm like, this is where they stood. This is where Brian Epstein stood. Stop it now. So cool, and obviously Scylla. Yeah, Scylla came obviously, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great place. So when we've been there, we've investigated Lowlands. We've just got footsteps and, you know, the, the, I call them the usual uh, paranormal activity. There's nothing usual about it. What about you? Have you got some good stuff there? Yeah, so... Um, that was great because I actually jumped on with another group hadn't been before. I went to my sister and a friend of mine who's in my group, Ganon, and joined on with another group. So wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, but yeah, we caught some really good phenomena, especially on the Ouija board. Um, wouldn't normally do Ouija board, so I was more of a spectator. Um, but we had a nearly 14-minute conversation with quite a few different spirits that were coming through. We had a girl called Fanny, one called Victoria, one called Sarah. We had a guy there called James, or he wanted to be called Jim. That was one of the main things that came through on the Ouija board. He didn't want to be referred to as James. It was Jim which was very interesting. Some light anomalies. I didn't hear any footsteps personally. I think the main bulk of what we got was actually on the Ouija board that evening, mm -hmm. which was, yeah, pretty interesting. So, so uh, and what made you get into the power? I always love asking this question whenever I chat <laughs> to like-minded beings. So what, what got you into it? So as a kid, um, the house we used to live in, um, I would say it was probably pretty haunted, especially quite a lot of poltergeist activity. Uh, my sister's quite, she's probably more sensitive than I am to a lot of things. So she's experienced quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it was just stuff that happened at home. I suppose you just want an answer to it. And then obviously watching Most Haunted, you know, on TV got me hooked. In fact, I've still got some episodes on VHS, believe it or not. Oh my God, VHS, <laughs> so, my God, you're going oh, back now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think that's what kicked off. And then to be honest, went to uni, school, didn't really do much, didn't really delve much into it, to be honest. And then it was when I came back from uni, um, that was back in 2008, came back to the Wirral. Um, I joined Ghana in 2009. So I think that's when I kind of just picked it up again and kind of ran with it really. And so I've been investigating ever since. Yeah. And in all that time, have you ever seen 
a ghost? Oh, good question. Um, I, it's so hard to say. I'm so stuck between being ridiculously sceptical and wanting the answers and basically a ghost to run off in front of me and go, hey, I'm a ghost, you know, you've got to believe me now. Um, mm. I want to say yes. I was at the Hellfire Caves back in 2022. I went with my partner after we were at a wedding. Um, we were down in some of the tunnels and, I mean, it was during the day. It was very, very quiet. There was probably only a handful of people wandering around in there. But, I mean, I know you've been yourself, but um, mm. the Samaria visit's quite up and down, isn't it? And I got myself mm. into like an alcove and was just turning a corner and as I turned around, there was this white, very bright white, what I described as like a typical like statue of the Virgin Mary. Best way to describe it. You know, like the shrouded veil over yeah. the head. And it was just a blink of the eye moment, but it was enough for me to be like, I, I think I've just seen something. So I was uh, shouting from a partner, John, to come back through. And I was like, oh, you know, can you try and walk back up the corridor? Maybe he's had his camera flash on or something, but we just couldn't recreate it. So my skeptical part's like, oh, you know, it could have just been a light anomaly. It could have been someone walking through. But at that moment in time, I was pretty sure I'd seen something. So, yeah, that's probably the closest I've seen to seeing an apparition. Well, it sounds to me, because isn't there a story? Now, you've you've got me now because I'm just thinking, I'm sure there's a story about a young girl that was, Correct, yeah. she thought she was getting married. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, and yeah she that's turned, right. Yeah. yeah. And wasn't she wearing a wedding dress? Uh, I'm she not sure about this. She wearing a wedding dress. Yeah, yeah, so this is where story. my that's the story. Yeah. And allegedly a group of men were waiting for her and they murdered her and her ghost has been seen. Now could this white woman sort of looking a little bit like a shark could it have been her? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I did look into it as well. And apparently during that time, they actually used to bring prostitutes down there, but they used to sort of yes, veil them right, as though yeah. they were like nuns. So quite possibly might have been one of them as oh. well. I don't know. But the veil was very distinct, like over the head, like a hood, you know, yeah. like literally like the Virgin Mary would, you see the yeah. pictures of them over the head. I mean, it's so distinct in my mind. I can still see it now. And it was just such a blink of the eye. And then it was gone, but it didn't just it disappear. Gone. It kind of just yeah, it just like disappeared into a wall. So yeah, that was that. But you know, so, yeah. don't you? You you know, Alex, don't you? When you've seen something, you you oh, know, yeah, and absolutely. It, wasn't my imagination? I know for sure. <laughs> exactly, and I think you wrestle with that idea because so many people. I mean, they want. I always think, see, like you say, seeing is believing, and there's always someone that's going to critique you or try and debunk you or try to, mm. you know, dish your credibility. But you know yourself what you've seen, and I know what I saw. So you know, that will stay with me. For the rest of your rest of your life. So of all the places, uh, I get asked this an awful lot, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, you seem to, you know, the area that you're looking at, you know, is, mm -hmm. is quite a wide area and some yeah. of the locations there. But whereabouts in the world would you like to go and investigate? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, do you know what? There's still so many places in the UK. And to be honest, I... I've been to it already and would love to go back. And that's the Winter Gardens in Morecambe. Oh, yeah. You know, the old theatre. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why. I just, I really enjoyed that place. We caught a couple of good things while we were there, but there's just something about that place. I don't know. I feel I need to go back to it. So that's definitely on my hit list for sure. So um, ah, I still think there's plenty of places. Yeah, exactly. So I still think there's plenty of places in the UK I think I'd still like to investigate. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's on my list for sure. 
That's on your Morecambe Winter Gardens. I've just had. Yeah. A, I remember. I remember investigating that. Been there a few times. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of poltergeist activity there in the what used to be the architects' office. That's right upstairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And we were pelted with all sorts of stuff. And then there's. I remember there's a there's a good side and a bad side on the stage. Or have I got that completely wrong? I can't remember. And there's also the ghost of a sort of like a little imp, like a mischievous clown oh, imp right. on the stairs that likes to push people. Well, the place I liked the most was the ladies' dressing room. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Gosh, Do you remember yeah. there? Yeah, and there's supposed to be a ghost of um, used to be. Well, she wanted to be a ballerina, but the story is that she was um, she used to dress the dancers, and but she's that's supposed right. to be quite an angry spirit that's there. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that was interesting. It's good. What did you find there? We got lots of uh, moaning and crying and singing and humming. And we were like, is this you? And she said, yeah, she tapped out that it was her. <laughs> did you right, get anything yeah. like that? Um, we got, I think the we were as a group sat in the main auditorium and we were getting quite a lot of like um, temperature spikes, a lot of cold yeah. spots. Um, yeah. And then I think there was some of the team caught the noise of, um, if I remember rightly, like a, a ball rolling across the wooden floor, but there obviously was no ball there. So, um, so yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was very interesting. Um, I mean, that was a good time ago though. That was 2011. That was the last time I was there. Yeah. And wh- why do you go on your own? Yeah, good question. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I think with ghost hunting, I think all of us have a little bit of that wanting the adrenaline rush of almost wanting to be scared. I know that sounds weird, but I do find a lot of people have that. And to be honest, I am a bit of an adrenaline freak. Like I love fast roller coasters and, you know, mm. like, you know, like to be scared. And I think a part of that is definitely to do with that. Also, I just think as well, experience things on your own I think you get those more heightened sensations um you can be a little bit more switched on you don't kind of get that group dynamic where sometimes you can be led to thinking things or feeling things Mm -hmm. that maybe are happening um so yeah I think and I'm very much and I'm not a very I'm surprised I even got logged on here, to be honest. I'm not very good at technology. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm very much for the sort of more personal experience. I like to have those sensations, experience those things. Um, and I think, you know, those things are very personal. You don't have to be with other people for that to happen. No. Well, I tell you what, next time you go on your own, film it and send me the clip because I'd love to put it on our socials. Because whenever I'm on my own, I always make an absolute idiot of myself. Either we, we myself, or I don't know. I've I've been locked in places on my own. I've had all sorts of stuff thrown at me and I'm just I, all I can imagine is you being alone somewhere <laughs> and it all kicking off and I'm like just take a helmet with you Alex whatever oh, you just take, take a helmet and a big <laughs> pair of pants I think the thing is I've never been anywhere and had anything absolutely you know that scary that I've ever had to leave so I think maybe getting locked somewhere would probably be my ultimate I'm not very good at that being locked in somewhere so well that's your adrenaline rush isn't it that's your (laughs) adrenaline rush yeah yeah I definitely appreciate that well Alex it's been an absolute pleasure just tell everybody where they can go and and watch your group uh, again on socials yeah, sure. So our group is Ganon, so that's G-H-A-N-O-N, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We do have a website, so if you Google us, you will find us. I just don't think the website's too up-to-date at the moment. But yeah, Facebook and Instagram is probably the best place to find us. 
Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck. And don't forget to oh, take you your too. helmet and your big girly pants when you go off on your own. And <laughs> big don't pants forget, and pants, don't you worry. Yes. And don't forget to send us any clips that you, you have. Oh, That's, well done. We always love, love that. All right, sweetheart. Take care and thank you. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for that. Bye. Now let's get the answer to our fact or fiction. As a reminder, this week's question was, the ghost of the Flying Dutchman is said to appear around the Cape of Good Hope during storms. But is it fact or fiction that the captain is said to walk on land every seven years? What are you shouting? Fact or fiction? Fact or fiction? Well, the answer is, drumroll please, fact. There are many versions of this story and some of which say that the vessel's captain can walk on land every seven years. Well, have you been contacted from a spirit? Is there a location, a site or a story that you think we need to cover on the podcast? If you do, please get in touch with us and share your experiences at this address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp and the number is 075-999-27537. And on Instagram, our handle is at paranormalactivitypod. Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow, and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit this address. It's www.paranormalpod.co.uk, where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, stay safe, and remember, things aren't always as they seem. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.